None of us are immune to adversity in life. Yet through each hardship, God remains faithful. The Lord Jesus is with us to comfort, guide, and provide victory. In this episode, Carla teaches us how to recognize God's purpose in adversity and to rely on His faithful provision through each of life's storms. The Bible is God's love letter to us, conveying the good news of His Son, Jesus. God's Word is also filled with His promises and His instructions for living in order to equip us, to prevent us from being caught off guard or unaware when we are faced with challenging circumstances and situations. If you've ever experienced personal adversity, then you know that talking or studying about adversity is not the same as living through it. If you have not yet experienced adversity, be aware none of us are immune to the trials and hardships of life, and they often occur without warning. According to John 16.33, we will each face trials and adversities in life, yet through application of God's Word, we can also experience victory through each challenge. As we examine Scripture throughout this episode, I encourage you to allow each truth to saturate your heart and life until they influence your belief system. I make this request because it will be very difficult to experience victory in the midst of adversity if you are not already believing and trusting in God's truth. Think about it. In those moments when calamity or hardship strikes, emotions can be very strong. If God's Word does not have authority in your life prior to adversity, it will be easy to give in to temptation to allow the flesh to have control. That is why it is vital to be proactive as possible in applying biblical truth concerning adversity. Now, before going further, it's important to point out that some hardships in life are the consequences of poor choices, whereas other hardships are not. Let me explain. There are some times in life when a person makes choices that oppose God's Word. The Bible calls that sin. And sometimes the person suffers as a direct or indirect result of their personal choice to sin. When a person confesses their sin, God forgives them. Yet, the adverse consequences of sin may remain. In other words, undesired consequences resulting from poor choices don't just go away because we confessed and repented from sin. On the other hand, a person can experience adversity as a result of life experiences unrelated to the consequences of sin. God can use both types of adversity for His glory, but we need to learn to distinguish the difference because our response should be different. When we fail to follow God's instructions, our response should be to seek His forgiveness and rely on Him to help us correct future behavior. In the remainder of this episode, I'm going to address the adversities we each face that are not a result of wrongdoing or poor choices on our part, and our potential responses. I hope that you will see God's purpose in adversity, and that you will also learn ways to apply God's Word so you can experience victory in the trials of life. Let's begin by looking at John 16.33 where Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, 
I have overcome the world. Throughout this chapter, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the hardships they will face. He tells them that you will have trouble. There's no option. Experiencing adversity in life is definite. Now, adversity can be defined as pressure, affliction, anguish, burdens, persecutions, or trouble. In this verse, Jesus said that adversity is definite, but peace, his peace, is optional. He said, in me, you may have peace. Whether or not we experience peace in hard times depends on our response. Jesus was reminding his disciples, and us today, that he alone can provide us with genuine peace. The way to have peace in the midst of adversity is by remaining in Christ. Jesus also tells us in this verse to take heart, be of good courage, which is not our natural response when faced with adversity. It's counterintuitive to our human nature. When faced with difficulties in life, most people want to hide from hardship. They try to avoid pain and anguish or strive to figure a way out or a way around it. Jesus tells us to take heart because he has overcome the world. In other words, there is nothing that any of us will ever face that Christ Jesus has not already overcome. That means that as we remain abiding in Christ, plugged into His power and strength, we will gain victory in adversity. Please hear my heart. I am in no way saying that gaining victory over adversity is easy. If it were easy, it wouldn't require faith. Gaining victory through adversity is a process. Yet as we learn to trust more and more in the Lord Jesus, we will experience progress in the process. Why? Because victory isn't just available, it's obtainable through Jesus. In order to gain victory over adversity, we need to first understand it. Even though there are numerous types of adversity, they typically fall into three categories. Number one is the daily short-term challenges, like your car breaks down, the babysitter cancels at the last minute, or your boss asks you to work late again. These types of adversities can tempt us to become anxious, fearful, or frustrated. Number two is chronic adversities. These involve weeks, months, even seasons of hardship. Examples of these might be experiencing unemployment, or long-term illness, or taking care of an elderly family member. These situations can tempt us to become disappointed and discouraged. Number three is acute adversities. The effects of these types of challenges are great and sudden. They might involve a medical emergency, a natural disaster, or a sudden death. These adversities can tempt us to become hopeless or in despair. Yet, through it all, God wants us to live by faith. Please don't misunderstand. Living by faith in adversity doesn't remove the grief or the stress, but it does change our perspective. The Apostle Paul experienced much hardship in his life. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9, he wrote, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Paul wasn't naive concerning the adversities he encountered. He experienced a lot of very difficult circumstances. 
Yet, rather than allow each trial he faced to consume him, Paul looked at his life through the lens of faith. He responded to adversity by acknowledging God's presence and relying on God's power to see him through. When we face adversity with a faith-filled perspective, our actions will look different from the world. For example, according to 1 Thessalonians 4.13, believers in Jesus should not grieve like those in the world who have no hope. It doesn't say that we should not grieve. We all experience grief in times of loss. But the way we express grief should reveal our trust in God's promises and our hope in Him. Hebrews 6.19 reminds us that the hope we have in God is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Consider this. During a storm, a boat captain will tether his boat to an anchor, hoping it will enable the boat to remain steadfast throughout the duration of the storm. His hope is based on what the anchor has already proven it will do. The captain knows that he cannot control each storm, but he can choose how he responds to them. Do you see the parallels in our lives? The only promised security in adversity is our anchor, Almighty God. It's not enough to know that God is an anchor. We must remain connected to Him through His Word and prayer. We place hope in God because He has proven His trustworthiness. Relying on God as our anchor doesn't diminish a storm, but it does provide us with confidence and stability through it. We have no control over the storms of life, but we can choose how we respond to them. Please don't miss this point. In the middle of a storm, it becomes obvious which boats are properly anchored. And when we experience storms in our lives, it becomes obvious to those around us whether or not our lives are well anchored in Christ Jesus, which begs us to consider God's purpose in adversity. When a believer relies on God's power while enduring adversity, God gets the glory. Are you willing to allow God to use your life in any way He sees fit for the sake of His glory? As with every other aspect of the Christian life, viewing adversity from God's perspective is counterintuitive to our human nature. Yet it holds so much purpose for those who will do so. Let me show you what I mean using James 1, 2-4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is certain that we will face trials because he uses whenever rather than if ever. He's giving us instructions for whenever we face trials. That means that we should each be preparing for adversity. He also suggests that when we encounter trials in life, we should endure them with joy. Now, being joyful in the midst of adversity can be challenging, unless you believe that God has purpose in each adversity. If you jump ahead to the last part of this passage, James reveals the purpose and adversity that should bring us joy. He writes, So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Is that something you desire? To be spiritually mature, lacking nothing? I would hope, as Christ's followers, that we all do. But let's go back so we can examine the full context of this passage. 
beginning in James 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is talking about spiritual maturity here. Spiritual maturity is a process, and there are no shortcuts to the process. Some believers want all the benefits of spiritual maturity without going through the process, but it doesn't work that way. This passage tells us that perseverance is the means to spiritual maturity. The meaning here for perseverance is patient endurance, steadfastness. Those qualities take time and experience to develop. According to verse 3, perseverance is developed through the testing of our faith, and a true test of faith occurs in trying times. It's quite easy to say we live by faith, but we don't know, truly know, how much we live by faith until it's tested. For example, it's one thing to proclaim and even teach that God is all-sufficient, yet it becomes a much greater testimony and influence on others when you have experienced for yourself the all-sufficiency of God. So how does the testing of our faith develop perseverance? Well, the answer has everything to do with our individual response. When we encounter adversity of any kind, we are either going to respond by faith, drawing near to God through trust and reliance on Him, or we're going to choose to face the situation in the flesh by acting and reacting according to what we see, hear, and feel. Consider for a moment how you typically respond to challenges and adversities. Do you typically turn to God, or do you first seek the opinions of others? Do you seek God for direction? Or do you take matters into your own hands? Is it your habit to hope in God's promises? Or do you quickly become fearful and worried? Since nothing is too hard for God, if we allow Him to, He will use adversity to train us to rely fully on His power. Which brings us to this next significant point. In verse 3, James tells us to let perseverance finish its work. Perseverance will work mightily in our lives to develop spiritual maturity, completing the work in us that God designed, if we allow it to. Jesus tells us to allow perseverance to finish its work because He knows that our human nature will be tempted to rid ourselves of adversity by any means possible as soon as possible. If we give in to this temptation, we can actually short-circuit the very work the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish in us. The same can be true for parents. If a parent fails to recognize the enormous purpose God has in adversity, they may intervene or actually obstruct the work of perseverance the Holy Spirit is trying to develop in their child. When this happens, the parent is actually preventing rather than promoting spiritual maturity in their child. No doubt, adversity always comes with a choice. We can either choose to be overwhelmed, anxious, fearful, and defeated, Or we can trust the God of the universe to see us through. But how can we face each adversity with joy, as James suggests? Well, the same way Jesus did, by focusing on the benefits adversity produces. Look with me at Hebrews 12, 2. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
Jesus' joy was not in the cross. The cross and everything associated with it was very difficult and painful, beyond what we can even possibly imagine. Jesus' joy was not in the adversity of the cross, but in knowing the results the cross would produce. That's powerful. We too can find joy in knowing the results adversity will produce when we allow perseverance to finish its work. And our trials, though sometimes severe, are still momentary in comparison to the eternal glory they can produce. 1 Peter 1 Six through seven tells us, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. When we stand on truth, by faith in adversity, God's power in us is revealed, and He is glorified. Now, as much as we want to encourage fellow believers in the midst of their adversity, it's important to also be sensitive in those moments to their level of teachability. Emotions can run high in adversity and skew a person's perspective. If a person does not demonstrate an openness to discuss God's perspective, you can easily offend them. In these instances, Make sure you're compelled by the Holy Spirit to share truth and do so in a very careful and loving way. Now let's talk about our role in making disciples. Of course, it should be our goal to help believers understand God's purpose in adversity. It can often be beneficial to point them to examples in Scripture. Joseph, for example, suffered much unfairness, hardship, and injustice in his life from his brothers as well as other people. Yet he trusted God to use each adversity for his greater purpose. You can read Joseph's story in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. Since God is bigger than any challenge we face, the importance lies not with the difficult circumstance, but with our response to it. Joseph spent many years wrongly accused, separated from his family, and unjustly imprisoned. Yet Joseph persevered, and behind the scenes, Perseverance was completing its work in Joseph's life, preparing him for God's greater purpose. Eventually, Joseph was reunited with his brothers, the ones who had mistreated him. Genesis 50:20 tells us what Joseph said to them. You intended to harm me, Joseph said, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph's life is a testimony of the victory that can be gained by focusing on God's promises and power in adversity, rather than on circumstances or self. Help those you disciple to recognize that each trial they experience gives them a new point of personal reference and enlarges their ministry. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I once had a pastor's wife share with me that she had served by her husband's side for many years when ministering to family members who had recently lost a loved one. But she also said that after enduring the loss of her own son, she ministers much better to those who suffer loss 
because now she can better relate to them. She explained that the loss of her own son was incredibly painful, yet she also experienced God walking her through the grief and pain each moment. It is through the eventual victory God has allowed her to experience that He gets the glory, and she can be an encouragement to others. In helping other people recognize God's purpose in adversity, it can sometimes be helpful to use analogies they can relate to in conjunction with Scripture. For example, let's say I'm discipling a mom whose son plays basketball. I ask her to consider if whether or not she would be satisfied if, throughout each basketball practice, her son's coach had the kids practice only those skills they were good at. Of course not. She would expect the coach to challenge each player, to learn and develop new skills, to build their stamina, endurance, and confidence. Then I would explain to her that in a much similar way, that is what God does in order to prevent us from becoming complacent in our spiritual walk. He will sometimes guide us, actually orchestrate challenging situations to build our faith, endurance, and confidence in Him. Exodus 13, 17-18 parallels this analogy. As a biblical example of God intentionally directing his people into a challenging environment. In this passage of scripture, the Israelites had finally been released from captivity in Egypt. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. The world often views the easiest or the fastest route as the best route. However, God guides in ways that best build our character and brings himself glory. God intentionally led his people toward the Red Sea, knowing that they had no means available to cross the sea. In Exodus 14, 2-4, God revealed that His plan, His purpose in His instructions, was to gain glory for Himself. It's in moments like these that if we fail to focus on God's purpose, we can become overwhelmed with doubt and fear. The truth is that God will allow each of us to experience adversity for His glory and to develop greater trust in Him. That means that God will use adversity to test our character to humble us and to rid us of pride and self-reliance, and to grow our faith. We may not understand the direction God is leading, but we can trust His purpose, making our job simply to obey. God often reveals His glory and receives the most glory in what appears to us to be the last possible moment. Exodus 14, 21-22 records that Almighty God drove back the Red Sea, enabling the Israelites to cross on dry ground. Encourage those you disciple to focus on God's glory being revealed through the adversities they face and to allow each challenge to grow their faith. Remind them that God may not choose to change their circumstance, but He does promise to help transform them in response to it. Isaiah 40, 29-31 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk 
and not be faint. Sadly, failing to understand God's purpose in adversity has caused many people who once claimed to follow Jesus to walk away from their faith. Praise God for you. You can be instrumental in helping people experience victory in adversity and grow stronger in their faith. Could it be that God will use your current challenges for His glory? As we have learned, God may not change your circumstance, but He does promise to transform your life in response to it. If it is not already your habit, will you begin today allowing perseverance to finish its work?